0: Welcome to the Matt Hummer podcast episode 94. I'm Mel and I'm here with Elle. How are you, Elle? Hey, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> Seamlessly turned your mic on in time Just then. turned my mic on, yeah. That was probably my fault. I didn't realise it was off or not. Sorry. <laughs> Stitched you up live on air. Bye. Absolute nonsense. I
1: appreciate it. It's starting
0: to get festive out there, ladies and gentlemen. Just a couple of weeks left before Christmas. Uh, next week, we will be doing our big end of year podcast, of course, where we go through all the biggest stuff and best stuff, and maybe some of the worst stuff that happened in the world of metal this year. Uh, before all that, though, don't forget that the latest issue of Metal is out right now. It is a huge and emotional tribute to The Rev, uh, van Sevenfold's iconic drummer who left this earth 10 years ago this month. Uh, we talked to Aven Sevenfold about his amazing life and career and the legacy he left behind. Um, And there's also our top 50 albums of the year in there. There's loads of brand new interviews with tons of great bands. Um, and the issue comes uh, packaged with a very nice uh, Rev tribute art print done by esteemed and brilliant artist Lamotte. It also comes with a, a bonus Avenged Sevenfold magazine, counting down their 20 greatest songs ever and the stories behind them. There's some new insight from the band in that as well, by the way. Um, also comes with an end of year uh, best of 2019 CD and a 2020 calendar featuring a ton of awesome and very huge names uh, in rather lush, beautiful shots that we've done over the last couple of years. All in the new issue out now. Uh, we also have a couple of Five Finger Death Punch bundles um, featuring hand signed lyric sheets by the band, huge backpack, uh, back patch, excuse me, um, uh, posters, stickers, all sorts of stuff in that. Uh, so go to tinyurl.com tony, forward slash buyhammer to pick out the Five Finger Death Punch bundles. <clears throat> I should say that the um, the Rev issues are now sold out online, so thanks to everyone for your amazing support on that. Um, if you're in the UK and you want to get a hold of one, you're going to have to go to tinyurl.com forward slash findhammer to find your nearest shop. Uh, I mentioned Christmas very briefly there, L, <gasps> You got your Christmas on in very on-brand style, I feel, last week. it did. You went to see The Nightmare Before Christmas live. How was that? It was so... Surely lo- the most... Good metal, definitely the most goth Christmas movie ever. It there.
1: was so good, and it was so magically, gothically magical. Can you describe ex- so exactly
0: what they did? Yeah, because so I yeah can't quite work out how that would work.
1: I got a ticket without really knowing what I was going to, just because I love the Nymo before Christmas. So I was like, I have to go and see this thing. So it, we got in there and. They'd made Wembley into an entirely seated venue. I They put down the floor seating so everyone was sitting down. So it was like a proper kind of show. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, it was like more of a performance. I suppose it makes sense. And they had a whole orchestra on stage. And then they had people, they had five people who were doing various voices for characters. And then they had Danny Elfman, and they had um a couple of the other characters like the original voices from the film as well which was really cool that's so that's amazing yeah it was awesome so what they did was they um, basically opened with the main theme which was cool and they had a this massive is Halloween screen or the no like the sort of um oh
0: the the Danny yeah um, like the opening composition one. Yeah.
1: yeah and they had a screen at the back um one at the top of the stage and two either side and they showed bits of the film and they sort of had various scenes and then when it came to a song they would play the song live with the orchestra and they'd get the character actors to sing them Danny Elfman was just incredible he was just I've never seen him perform live before and I don't think I've ever even seen any video footage of him either And he's amazing, like he acts with his whole face and his body, it's not like he was just singing, he was actually like being Jack Skeleton. Amazing. And he had a pinstripe suit on as well, like all the singers were dressed up um, in sort of nightmare style outfits. And there was one guy in the orchestra who had his face painted, I just loved him. It was Uh, like- uh, uh, Only one? Yeah, you'd have called him like orchestra lad or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sure <laughs> don't say it like you would. sounds have like done. the kind of thing i'd say <laughs> you definitely would have done um yeah like it was just he was so brilliant um i just was massively blown away by his performance basically he's a true kind of showman and not only did he write that music and perform it he can go on stage and perform it too which is a true talent and they had a uh, Catherine o'hara there who plays sally and also wow. the kid shock She was amazing. Um, She came on and sang her parts and it was really sweet actually because she seemed not shy exactly. A little bit, well, a little bit shy and very kind of touched to be there and her demeanour was kind of more um, sort of shy and retiring but then she snapped into character when she had to sing in the character and her and Danny on stage were really sweet together and um, when they sang there was real chemistry there and at the end... Of the film, and they have a song they sing together, and um, it, I almost cried because it was just really sweet. Wow.
0: amazing! <laughs> it was
1: just really sweet, and yeah, they had um, yeah, it was just great. Like, and then at the end as well, after it finished, um, Danny Elfman did the Oogie Boogie song, like the uh-huh. Cab, Cab Calloway style one, Mister Oogie Boogie, and that was brilliant. Um, uh, it was just I think the standout thing from it was just how happy everybody was, like everybody was just actually really into it, it was really celebratory and fun and joyous and really engaging. It's the kind of thing that could have just felt really flat, just having an orchestra and sort of sitting in front of it. Um, Obviously that is a concert, but you know what I mean? It, for yeah, yeah, something yeah. like The Name for Christmas, it could have felt really flat and it didn't. It felt really exciting and cool and I could just watch it 10 times over and over because i just loved it
0: bloody fantastic yeah. what a festive also, treat did they they didn't bring tim burton out or anything did they no they didn't because I, didn't I, saw, th- I saw an interview with him that seemed to suggest he was in london at the around the same time but i might have i might have missed i think they mis- did in
1: it. la because um jeremy our photographer he replied to something i put on social Big up media Saffer. and um he said something about in la they had done an extra encore and like Tim Burton had come out and stuff. So maybe LA, they sort of had the full LA treatment. But I should say it was the London Philharmonic Orchestra as well. So, I mean, any orchestra is usually (laughs) amazing. They're all good. Well, basically, if you can can get to that level where you're playing in an orchestra, you're going to be a fantastic musician. But um, it's quite special as well, seeing the London Philharmonic. Uh, And I'd forgotten, there are so many bits, even though I've seen the film loads of times, somehow seeing it again in a different context just really brought it to life and i'd forgotten some of the bits that i actually really love like i love the snake who's like the christmas yeah, 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 and yeah. then he comes along and like eats the tree later yeah, that's on awesome. and i just forgot how much i love that snake like i just came out of it and was like googling the snake i was like i need I know to buy someone one. that has a massive christmas decoration of that <laughs> well no what I what want. i'm
0: talking about halloween decoration and i, I mean literally like like 10 foot, it's absolutely huge. You can, or are you, can you talking buy about the online?
1: sandworm? Because you can buy sandworms from Beetlejuice that are really big. No, I'm talking about the, the snake, snake from uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I want one so badly. Yeah, absolutely I just awesome. want the giant snake. Like, the I stocking love him. snake. I also love when I Googled him, there's a little page about him. And I really like the description. It says, the giant snake has no name and plays a minor part. The giant Aww, snake. part <laughs> on the snake. The giant snake is an enormous snake. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great, though. I love the dance, um, um, It was just, yeah. What more can I say that it was just super heartwarming and brilliant and all these talented people together in one place. I feel really lucky to have seen it. Very cool. Yeah, I loved it.
0: Big up, Tim Burton and Danny Elfman and everyone involved in that. Classic. If that's not on your <laughs> to watch Christmas list, you're failing at life. Uh, huge breaking news! As we just came in to record the podcast today, Not Fest <laughs> is finally coming to the UK in August. This Absolutely massive! Uh, Slipknot's festival will be uh, coming to the Milton Keynes Bowl on August twenty second. Uh, a huge, huge deal indeed. Um, good to see the Milton Keynes Bowl being back in action as well. That's badass.
1: I'm literally putting it in my calendar right now. Fuck yeah! Wait, say it again. Sl-
0: <laughs> l- Slip, let's look. Not Not Fest. August, uh, o- August 22nd. 22nd. Milton Keynes.
1: Saturday, August
0: 22nd. Hell yeah. Uh, Slipknot will be playing. We expect a full bill to be announced in the coming weeks and months after that. So that's that's huge news indeed, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. I'm interesting because so that's going to be... Isn't that going to be raining weekend?
1: Uh, I think they might usually have those the weekend after. It's usually around the bank holiday, isn't it?
0: I think that might be the bank holiday, no, though. No, the
1: bank holiday is on August the 31st. I can tell oh it yeah. is because I've just opened my calendar to put Slipknot not, not Fest in All Right, so the weekend before. <laughs> wow.
0: Interesting, so yeah, that's a massive, massive deal indeed. What are they um,
1: gonna do? That's what I want to know. Well, I
0: mean, if they're gonna do what they've He's done in play. NotFest in the US and they bring the like the museum over and all the masks and all that kind of cool historical stuff as well, all the weird stuff around site, I mean, it could just be absolutely fantastic. So exciting to have NotFest in the UK, we are all in on that. Uh, and you can bet there will be the very, very first to be on everything else in terms of their plans, more bands announced, all the rest of it. So stay tuned to com on that. Uh, in other news, uh, we, uh, if you picked up the uh, latest issue of Metal Hammer, you may know this already, but we officially announced online that uh, Tools Fit Inoculum has been crowned the Metal Hammer album of the year. Uh, and what that means is that it topped our critics' polls. So um, we got everyone who contributes to Metal Hammer to send in their top 20 albums of the year and that's what we then t- we you know get those results to put together our top 50 albums of the year and um uh, by a distance actually and I don't say that lightly because this was a year where we had heavyweight releases by Korn and Slipknot and Ramstein but um it was you, you know well not unanimous I guess but it was a you know pretty significant margin of victory that saw Phil Inoculum get voted the album of the year so what do you think that says about uh the (laughs) wild owl
1: a lot of people like tool like
0: i was being sarcastic then but i wasn't i was just asking the resident tool fan what she thought
1: yeah it's um kind of crazy that it actually happened after 13 years and it's funny because we obviously put the results of the poll online and i was looking at the facebook comments and as usual there are loads of people going it's really rubbish why people vote for it i hate metal hammer etc
0: yeah sorry about that
1: yeah (laughs) Loads justice of for th- health that was my choice more Someone on that next came week out and said there's loads of amazing smaller bands that have come out um but clearly this isn't the page for that but to those people i would say look at our albums of the year feature because there's a ton of alternative underground smaller different bands in there
0: Venom prison underground death metal bands uh made our top five um, i'm not going to spoil the whole thing because we're going to go through more of it next week i greg
1: notes in the yeah, very close the top ten, well. yeah, yeah yeah
0: absolutely yeah it's a it's an awesome list and yeah but yeah it's Um, all
1: uh yeah I think it's a funny one isn't it because there was so much build-up to it and then the first time I heard it I wasn't really overwhelmed I was just kind of like I was in a room of people just whelmed yeah I was just well I was (laughs) merely whelmed I was in a room of people and a lot of those people afterwards were like this is amazing and I was like I feel okay I didn't really feel anything and then as I listened to it more and more, then that's why I really got into it. And now it feels like an old friend. <laughs> but I think they really deserve that. Position because they haven't spent 13 years working on it. What no matter what everybody says, you know they've been doing a lot of other things. They spent you know, last four or five years working on it, and it is a really comprehensive album by a group of people who are very talented, and they know what they're doing as tool as well. It's got all the kind of elements of a tool album that people look for. Mm-hmm. It's got polyrhythms, maybe not really distinctive vocals. Um, a bit of sort of numerology stuff in there, lyrics about... Riffs. The self and the humanity. Riffs. Grooves. Exactly. Unbelievable
0: got, drum performance on it as well, as always.
1: Yeah, it's got all that stuff in there. And they've gone sort of a little bit... They've changed with the times as well. They've not just put out the same thing. They've put out something that reflects where they are and where music is, etc. So I think they do deserve it. Yeah.
0: And I think also, you know, it is a democratic process in this specific is, instance yeah. of how we, we decide these things. Um, and if you're a big Tool fan that album's going to be in your end of year list and there's a lot of Tool fans at Mailhammer so Like we you said,
1: go. it's democratic Like Again, I think we'll go through this in our end of the year podcast but it wasn't actually the album that we chose for our number ones
0: No, no, Ellen, I didn't you, you, Tool was in your top three though, right? Yeah Yeah. No, uh, tool but did not make one. my list at all, actually Controversial go. Not because I don't think it's brilliant but just because, uh, you know they're maybe not quite at the centre of my personal taste but hey that's how magazines work, guys. Uh, Bloodstock have announced more names. That bill is really just getting better and better and better. Saxon, Orange Goblin, Conjurer. What a trio of like British heavy metal awesomeness that is. Night Flight Orchestra and Unleash the Archers have all joined the bill. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Orange Goblin, Saxon, and Judas Priest are all playing on the same day, which is pretty fucking awesome. That's, That's a, a lot of British heavy metal day. thunder right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very excited for that. Can't beat Orange Goblin, Saxon, Living Legends. Conjurer, one of the best young bands going. Nightfly Orchestra, cheesy. And Unleash the Archer is doing some cool stuff as well. So yeah, solid addition for them. Well done, Bloodstock. That's in August. Tickets. Uh well, Google Bloodstock and you go to the Bloodstock website and find them there. What else is going on in the world, L?
1: Well You world a classic rock. <laughs> yeah, more. Shout out rock. our sister Mag. So Twisted Sisters' Dee Snyder apparently has some in- intel on the new AC/DC album. Ooh. According to Dean, not only will the record feature all four surviving AC/DC members, which are Angus Young, Cliff Williams, Phil Rudd, and Brian Johnston, but will also include Brian. tracks recorded by Malcolm Young who passed away in 2017.
0: This is very exciting indeed. Firstly, some unreleased material basically. Yes, I'm unreli- well, yes, some unreleased Malcolm material alongside i think new material as well malcolm's nephew has been a part of the band um since malcolm uh, prior to his depart his um passing um w- once he stopped touring his nephew kind of came in the band and so uh, he might be involved on that level as well but yeah basically it means we're getting new acdc music um according to d snyder anyway <laughs> we don't have, literally we don't have any more intel on this apart from what d is telling everybody yeah we could um, be
1: repeating libel here could we well no don't say that the <laughs> <laughs> heart's gonna jump then
0: oh my god yeah we could be uh repeating hot gossip i suppose but d, yeah d was um on twitter the other day and he replied to a few people um in response to something he said about acdc and the long and short of it is that there is new stuff coming and um it's going to involve stuff from malcolm which is fantastic and and you know will make it for quite an emotional listen, I'm sure. And also, Brian Johnston is apparently on the album as well, which is fucking awesome, if true. I hope it's true, because um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, people have strange opinions about ACDC these days, because, you know... Malcolm stopped touring and then he passed away and Brian left the band Axel toured with him for a while a lot of people weren't sure if we should be getting ACDC in that form as far as I'm concerned as long as Angus is happy to go and the rest of the band are into it and it feels in the spirit of ACDC let's fucking have it because they're one of the greatest rock bands of all time so there that's my opinion fair (laughs) (laughs) thank you for allowing my ACDC rant Um, you're welcome speaking of amazing rock bands Aerosmith have announced a European tour for 2020, including stops in Manchester and in London in July. Did you see the rumour about them at Glastonbury?
1: I did not. Why don't you enlighten me? So
0: just before the dates got announced, or around the same time, um, a kind of uh, a photo was spread around Twitter that someone posted saying it was taken from a screenshot from a press thing that got sent out to their fan club, but then kind of got redacted, um, that had them appearing at Glastonbury on the Saturday Uh, and it seemed pretty legit but then a few people spotted that there was a couple of spelling errors in the dates elsewhere and it all became a bit dubious and now that all seems to have disappeared again so it might be bullshit but um, I found the idea of Aerosmith being at Glastonbury fascinating A, because I could I would never have predicted that booking and B, because um, from what I understand the date they were rumoured or um, listed for in that photo was the same day Paul McCartney's headlining so I don't know where or how that would work
1: why do you find it a weird booking I find it a completely normal booking
0: um because um as much as they are you know Rourke which does have a place at Glastonbury I mean how many bands could you even name of their type that have ever played Glasgow? I just think they're
1: an establishment rock band and everyone knows them so why wouldn't they it's like a Guns N' Roses type thing
0: See, I think Guns N' Roses would be a, an amazing shout at Glastonbury, but I would be shocked if they actually got booked. I think it would make total sense and I would love to see it. If I could book Glastonbury, I'd throw the money at them and get them there in a heartbeat. But um, they're a little bit more outside of what you would probably call the mainstream establishment compared to someone like The Who or Rolling Stones or, you know, Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses always felt a bit more like our bands. You know what I mean? A bit more rock and rolling kind of,
1: I literally wouldn't question it if I saw it in the lineup. It yeah. wouldn't even cross my mind. Like, yeah, you're sort of digging down into more nuance than I would have given them. But bands like them have for. never played before. <laughs>
0: Motley Crue have never played Glastonbury. Like, um, you know, Whitesnake have never played Glastonbury. ACDC have never played Glastonbury. But Rolling Stones play it and The Who play it. And I'm just trying to think about their examples.
1: Coldplay.
0: Coldplay. <laughs> even Foo Fighters makes more sense because they're more like, you know... Your mate, you went to uni with, with who thinks he's like rock music, but doesn't actually like rock music that much. His favourite band, (laughs) so snobby of me. I like Foo Fighters. Sorry, sorry. That
1: last record was a banger.
0: I don't think I reckon Aerosmith are one of those bands that a load of people like. Like my mum would say, she doesn't actually know any Aerosmith songs, but then you probably sing some at them and they'll go oh yeah that one oh yeah stuff that like one this
1: before though have they not done like bst or something similar they've done a hyde park one i feel yeah, like that's a bit different though because that
0: those festival lineups seem to almost be their own little mini things because black sabbath did one of them and half of that lineup would never have played glastonbury i don't think
1: i'm looking on the internet
0: when it was like sabbath faith no more Soundgarden, motorhead motorhead did play glastonbury to be fair
1: uh, Smith.
0: I mean to be clear I am all for Aerosmith and more rock bands playing Glastow as we know from when we talked about the metal lineup at Glastow earlier this year um, but yeah and, and also I guess would they would they play as main support to Paul McCartney how would that work I just find it a very interesting dynamic because they are one of the biggest rock bands of all time
1: they did so, download in 2017 they did Clapham Common Calling Festival in 2014, Download in 2014, Ota Arena in 2010, Hyde Park Calling in 2007.
0: Yeah. I'm not. I being think it here would work. As much
1: as you think they have, actually. I just kind of figured they were always around. Well, they played
0: Download a couple of times, haven't they? So I think yeah. that makes them more fresh in our memory. But yeah. I guess that's kind of my point, actually. Aerosmith have played Download a couple of times. So it's which is very much like our festival, but they don't really do those kind of free-for-all fests as much, I don't think.
1: But mm. yeah, anyway, mm.
0: they um, there was uh, they sent a load of toilets to fans, fans this morning, apparently, um, and it listed Glastonbury. There is a graphic that you can still find if you look for it that lists them on June 27th, which is the Saturday of the festival, which Paul McCartney is headlining. So, I mean, if, if Glastonbury can get, Aerosmith, not even headlining. That's a pretty amazing booking, but to me, they're a headline band wherever they play, so I'm not quite sure how that would work. Who knows?
1: Who knows?
0: Who knows? Who knows? Let's do some reader questions. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Melthammer Readers. Uh, coming up to 3,000 people on there now. It's lovely. And everyone's so nice to each other on there, so come and hang out with us. Do a question now.
1: <gasps> okay. Materials89 asks... Who actually listens to Steel Panther? And what, if any, is their key to sustaining their career and hair products?
0: Well, (laughs) uh, judging by the tickets they still sell and the streaming numbers, they still do. A lot of people still listen to Steel Panther. Yeah, I Um, mean,
1: they're funny. Like, that's the point of them. Yeah, they're Um, funny.
0: They're fun. They actually write good songs. Even the latter stuff is still better than 99% of the stuff those original bands they parody are putting out.
1: Um, i mean we've talked about in to the find past that out, it? we've talked about in the past like whether the joke's worn thin and whether it's funny like still funny or whether it's just a bit old now mm. um but i think the audience is turning up for the shows are still kind of into it so they're obviously doing something right i think the fact that they were on what am i trying to say when they were um doing the tribute band stuff in Metal Vegas, school. was it vegas uh, do they have a residency in Vegas something like that
0: you mean before they were still Panther yeah yeah maybe they it they were on the strip like a lot yeah and and they were like,
1: like I think they were doing a lot of we've done like 20 features on them and I literally can't remember but I think they had some kind of residency and so they, for years and years and years they'd been doing what they do now and perfecting it so when they did a parody of it it felt authentic and also like yeah. they were talented um, and having met them they're really down to earth and nice as well they're yeah, not like totally. characters at all. No, they're
0: really good. They're, they're, they're just like, you know, they are playing characters. Um, how much they can blur... You know, how much those lines can be blurred when you've got a live band on stage and there's girls actually getting up in their underwear on stage. That's where it gets a bit weird for me because I'm like, it wait, does, so yeah. are you taking the piss out of these bands or are we actually these bands now? But I still find them as people hilarious and, it you know, the most of the actual humour is still self-deprecating. It's not like... It's it's mostly taking the piss out of themselves as you know the characters of ageing rock stars and whatever.
1: Yeah, and it's meant to be the most over-the-top stuff possible. It's not meant to yeah, exactly. be real or anything.
0: And um, if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. Yeah, Remember exactly. that, kids.
1: But hair products, hmm.
0: So anyway, yeah, the key to sustaining their career is clearly just still being a great live band and putting out music that resonates with the people that like them. Hair products, I don't know. Look at the state of mind. I can't fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your hair's... Although mine's got to start going back because my girlfriend's a beauty editor and she sorts me out, so thanks.
1: I would say that the style of yours right now is disheveled.
0: Sure. That that makes it sound cool. <laughs> 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 I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, Why not? I,
1: I like to think that they've got hair products like with puns, like sex pun hair products. Like they've got a hairspray called like I've dug myself into a hole now. I yeah. can't think of anything. Quick, do a pun, a sex pun on a hairspray.
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: No spray, no lay.
0: That that was good. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> That's way better than I want to come out with. Or maybe they have good
1: wigs. Uh, Shh. Can't say that.
0: Uh, maybe I don't actually know, know that. Wigs. I'm just envious of their hair. <laughs> At least some of them definitely don't have wigs. They have got fucking banging locks. <laughs> Banging like
1: Locks that can be the name of your shampoo I'm
0: just speculating <laughs> I've never been behind the curtain on that kind of thing and nor would I want to so
1: Banging Locks also serves as a sex pun
0: it does it does Banging Locks hairspray uh, Kiel Iva Ali asks haters <laughs> how many haters does a band need to have to be able to consider themselves successful
1: 10 haters
0: 10 haters <laughs> done <laughs> now I'll but go for more this could be like
1: Sesame Street that. I think it counts
0: <laughs> one hater I, I, I think exactly. Uh, I think you've got to be probably in the low hundreds <laughs> do you know what I mean because you've got to have enough haters to actually know that you've got them one person standing at the back of the gig not liking you doesn't really count it's got to be like a notable like I'll tell you what you need to have enough haters so that when Matt have a post about you people stream onto our Facebook page and go why are you posting about them That's how many haters you need.
1: If you've got any level of success, you've also got haters. That's just how it works. 100%. For like every 10 people that love you, you're going to have two people that think you're shit. Yeah. Even if there's no reason behind that whatsoever.
0: It is impossible to be exposed to thousands of people en masse and not have people that dislike you. Whatever you do. No one is universally loved in this world. Maybe apart from David Attenborough.
1: It's like getting on the train or the bus in December to March. At some point, you're going to catch a cold.
0: Yeah. <laughs> in that weird comparison, sure. I guess someone's got illness on the brain. I've been really in the office going, I don't want to catch a cold before Christmas. Yeah,
1: i mean, taking loads and loads of vitamins and drinking loads of water and not getting going out out. fresh air and like. Just
0: getting back home at six, staying under a blanket <laughs> and then rolling out for work and repeat.
1: I've been like, not sitting on the tube if somebody coughs when I get on. Like, don't you dare give me your cough Jim. I
0: thought you meant like not even getting on the tube, like you get to go and you like, <coughs> forget it. <laughs> Move on. I'll get on the next one. Forget it.
1: If someone sat down next to me and coughed loads, I might legit get up.
0: I mean, that's understandable. I do not want to get But a disgusting place. I
1: do not want to get ill before Christmas. No.
0: And if you do have a cold, keep it to yourself. <laughs> Some Christmas advice.
1: Podcasts can't c- transmit cold, so it's fine. Exactly. You're okay with us.
0: Let's do the next question.
1: Jay Walker says... What's the most annoying, sorry I'll start that again, Jay Walker says what's the more annoying type of fan? Number one, the gatekeeper that insists you can only be a fan if you like the band's earliest work or number two, the sycophant that insists you should always support the band regardless of how they change their style and that not liking change makes you not a true fan.
0: Uh, both can be a little annoying but I would say without a shadow of doubt the gatekeeper I is I was going to say the gatekeeper I don't think it's even a competition because to me um, being that level of gatekeeper can actually be damaging to it can be damaging to the scene I think it can be damaging you know if you're a fan I'm thinking if someone's a music fan and they've just got into a band but they got into on a later album and then you got someone the first thing they says is like oh god you're not a fan like you, don't, you haven't heard that. Oh my God, you've heard, you haven't heard their B-side from 1980. Oh, I thought you were a fan. Like that that would put most people off. Totally. Whereas the someone who literally just likes a band regardless of what they do. um, Yeah, that can be annoying as well. I mean, it's, I think it's good to have balance and to be able to recognize when bands aren't um, up to their best. I guess it's just about attacking other people, isn't it? Really, yeah. Do just what you don't, want, but just don't have a go at other people. Just leave
1: people alone. Don't ruin people's fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you if someone's got into a band and they're really enjoying it, why would you make them feel bad? Why wouldn't you say, "Hey, that's great. You've just got into this band." Like. Um, you know there's also written this amazing album you may not have heard it's your lucky day you get to hear even more instead of just shitting on someone for absolutely not something. I think
0: loads of people are guilty of it as well I know I was guilty of it when I was a bit younger and maybe a bit more insecure and trying to like you know prove that I knew the most uh, about metal and all that kind of stuff and I always I hated remember, people like you, Merlin. Well, I wasn't overly horrible to people, but I do remember um, telling my mate about um, how good Heaven and Hell were because I'd gone to see them live. And he was like, oh, yeah, I went into HMV to like try and find Heaven and Hell. albums. So I couldn't find any. And I was like, oh, my God, you idiot. Like, It's, it's because they're named after Ronnie James Deer with Black Sabbath. You've been looking at Black Sabbath circa 1980 to 83. Oh, my God. And then afterwards, I felt like a real dick for doing it. And I was just like, why, did I just, why didn't I just tell him that without being a prick about it. shame. And shamed probably I did, and I probably put him off getting into Dio. It's a really wanky thing to do. So don't do it, kids. Don't be like 17, no, what other than 22-year-old me or whatever. I don't, don't really do mind it.
1: people that say you should support a band regardless of how they change their style. It's not as annoying because if you do really like a band, there is something to that. Like if you are obsessed with Slipknot and then they change what they sound like, yeah, maybe you don't like it, but maybe you go, well you know they've had a 20-year career and they want to try something different so why shouldn't they again mm. you don't have to like it but like you could see why they do it
0: yeah although I guess again don't use that to turn around and call someone else not a true fan yeah like, totally. that that would definitely annoy me as well <laughs> if, I, if I was like eh, I'm not sure about the new oh yeah Marilyn Manson album or something like like El's, like me and you talk about this like El quite often will love something by like I don't know, Corn or someone. Like Korn and Man- Manson are two bands we sometimes disagree on a bit. And sometimes I'll be like, no, this is the best one. And somebody, sometimes you'll be like, no, this is the best thing they've ever done. And like, we've never like attacked each other over it to my knowledge. That last album, that last Manson album, you liked a lot more than me, but yeah. I wasn't like, oh, you're such a poser for liking this album when he did this back then. And you weren't like, you're yo, you're a Because why don't you like him? You should be a true fan and support him. Uh, you just get on. <laughs> Because we have to, because we're colleagues.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because we're paid to.
0: Because we're paid to be friends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you (laughs) said I was your best friend.
0: (laughs) No, I said I was your best friend. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, just be nice to each other, guys. It's good to be into music. And it's it's more important now than ever to get more people into metal. So if you know someone that's a fan of a band that you think is shit, but are loosely in the realms of our world, don't go out to them and go, oh, that's shit. Go out to them and go, oh, you like that? You might like this. Check exactly. this stuff out. Don't exactly push it on that. them. And if they don't want to get into it, that's fine. But just, uh, like, just let's open people's minds instead of closing doors. Well, that sounded good. That was like something off Instagram. I should put that on a, po- uh, yeah, on a poster or something.
1: <laughs> put it on, like, a really brutal. Don't close
0: minds. Open doors. Put
1: it on, like, a really brutal picture of, like, a fucked up brain or something. Yeah. Good idea. Make it a metal meme.
0: Maybe I'll do that. (laughs) Joe Fleischer asks, what was your favourite show this year in a venue of less than 1,000 people? Better yet, best with just about 100 people. I had to look quite hard for this and I felt guilty about that. So I need to get up to some more intimate shows next year, I think.
1: My best with just about 100 people is a bit of a cheat because it was The Who at the Mongolian Embassy And obviously we were invited to go and watch them there. It wasn't general admission. Um, The Who were just right there with the instruments. And then there are a collection of uh, a few journalists there from Metal Hammer Classic Rock Prague, and a couple of other industry people uh, just watching The Who play. And that was really cool because they've all got such interesting instruments and a great sound. And it was at the Mongolian embassy and they had the Mongolian ambassador come and introduce them. And that was really cool. Uh, apart from that, I talked... it yeah, that on sounded p- amazing. It was really cool. Apart from that, a, a gig that I went to that was very under-attended that I talked about on this podcast was Jared Threaten at the Underworld <laughs> <laughs> with his band Threaten.
0: Shouldn't have been that much under a thousand people, but it was.
1: Yeah, it was about 30 or something. Uh, that was weird. I'm glad I went to see it. I wrote a massive piece about it online. So if you're interested, go to metalhammer.com and read that. It's mostly a and a with Jared asking about Threaten and Ooh, yeah, like how he's going to take it forward and what that gig was all about because it was such a weird gig. It was just thirty people in a room, uh, hired hands on stage playing instruments, a couple of dummies playing on stage as well, and it was all being not filmed. talking about the band guys. <laughs> it was all yeah. being filmed for a documentary he's putting Come together.
0: Ignored by Joe, I not it.
1: Yeah, That was weird. And then ones that I've really enjoyed and slightly. Bigger venues, but still small. There was Cancer Bats and Underside at the One Hundred Club, which is great. Nice. Uh, I was ill that time actually, so I was sort of had to stand at the back and just sniffle. But Underside, band from Nepal, fantastic. Cancer Bats always a party band, that was very good. And Swallow the Sun at the Underworld was great as well. I was meant to pick that one. Oceans of as well. That that's wasn't four. it. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was just a really good kind of wintry, intimate gig probably talked about all of these in the podcast actually so sorry guys bit of repetition there
0: that's all right that's what we're here for um my best of uh, uh less than a thousand was probably um i saw it at the o2 is linkedin academy saw so garl's word that was a really cool um interesting uh um experience a bit of a different vibe from garl i've seen him with Gorgoroth a few times but never seen him doing the girl's word stuff. So that was cool. Um, and I got to see Tribulation at that gig and you can really see again how far they're coming on. <gasps> I um, love seeing and, um, them in the day. And um, I just dis- d- discovered for the first time, um, Uada, or, uh, again, I still haven't learned how to pronounce that properly, but really cool atmospheric black metal band um, who I raved about a bit on the podcast afterwards. So that was cool. What are they called? Uada, like U or U-A-D-A. Hmm,
1: don't know.
0: U-A-D-A, U-A-D-A. Don't know. Let's just call them UADO. Uh, so yeah, they were really cool. Um, in terms of less than a hundred, um, I went to a couple of uh, the awesome Bloodstock Metal to the Masses shows at Big Red. Long way out, rest in peace. Um, so, uh, so that was cool to see uh, some of the bands in contention for Bloodstock as well. Good times. I'll do one more question.
1: Ben Wilmot says, Jamie Jaster, shout out Jamie Jaster. Yes, big has shouts. a segment on his podcast called Metalheads Doing Non-Metal Things. When you're not listening to, washing tea or writing about metal, what do you all like to get up to in your spare time? Brackets other than drinking.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, you piss head. <laughs> we are not very uh, rock and roll, to be honest, <laughs> with the drinking stuff. Like if we go for a meeting with someone, it's not like, yeah, let's all get the beers and shards in. It's like, oh, I'll have a, an iced tea and uh, I'm really just shit diet coke for me, please. <laughs> I'm just
1: really shit at it. It just makes me feel sick.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty good at drinking, which is why I, well, I try not to not do it too I much.
1: Could, I could do spirits. Jaeger, vodka, whiskey. But what
0: do you do? i has got loads of cool hobbies.
1: What do I do? Well, Merlin.
0: <laughs> Not <laughs> me. Ben. Ask Ben, yeah.
1: I do Tai Chi. That is pretty cool. So I do a normal class, which is probably what you think of as Tai Chi, which is kind of a series of movements. But I also do a second class, which is really fun. And that is a sabre class. So we all have sabres. And I'm learning how to use the sabre in a really cool, defensive way. So one of the movements I learned last week was how to slit somebody's throat. So that was really good. What? Fun. Yeah, that was really good. Why would you need to know how to do that? Because you might have to defend yourself. It's slitting someone's throat? It's an ancient Chinese martial art.
0: Oh no, I'm getting mugged. <laughs> Actually, that getting mugged is horrible, but... <laughs>
1: Yeah, so basically what you have to do is you have to get the saber. Oh, no, that guy called me a dickhead.
0: Well,
1: you better watch out. So <laughs> I'm So you, you get the saber, and the back of the saber is called the spine. And then what you do is, like, you move it across. This is how you do the movement. Don't try it at home. You move it across your back, like your own spine, and then you sort of bring it over your opposite shoulder, and then turn around, and you kind of thrust the blade out at 45 degrees. Jesus and then it slits a person's throat. And I was I was struggling a bit with the angle, and then my instructor came round and um, just like grabbed it as I was doing it and pretended to use it to slit her own throat, and that's how I knew how to do it.
0: Oh my god. It's terrifying li- li- um, working with Elle and close to Sean from Classic Rock as well because Sean does... Was it more Magar? Krav Magar. Krav Magar.
1: It's an ancient Israeli combat art. Song.
0: Yeah, and that is hard as fuck. I think one of the guys from Nile does it. We did a piece on him with it a few years ago and that's where they literally teach you to... I'm not even joking. They teach you how to like claw people's eyes out and stuff. It's horrible. Yeah, there's this
1: really dirty fighting. Tai Chi is very much about defending yourself and it's about using minimal movements for maximum impact mm. and there's a lot of it about the way you position your body in order to do that whereas Krav Maga is dirty fighting take them out with anything you can so me and Sean often have some good office exchanges about how we've learned to punch and what we do and Shan's is definitely a sort of more dirty street fighting style than mine but it is Fuck, cool yeah. to just compare punching techniques and stuff in the office it's a good laugh
0: awesome i'm very uh Um, envious and intimidated of your skills
1: i'm also learning japanese nihongo and what does that mean japanese uh yeah so that was quite fun i tried to talk to baby metal when they came over and they uh indulged me um and it's yeah it's been good i did a year of evening classes on that and now i'm just kind of learning a bit by myself because it got very intense but if anyone wants to chat Japanese, let me know. Have a little chat.
0: Go for it. Yeah. You need so much cool stuff. I've got like, I keep, t- like this year was the year where I was gonna be like, well, I'm gonna do what L does, and I'm gonna learn a martial art, and you know, relearn one of the mm-hmm. languages I learned at school or something. Didn't do any of it. Didn't do any well,
1: of 2020
0: it. Well, 2020's coming now. 2020 is coming. Um, oh, I also like- I started comic- the year doing some yoga, actually. I've, I've fallen off with that, but- Get back into that. Yeah.
1: I also like comedy improv, but I'm not very funny.
0: it's really ironic what you just did then I don't know if you meant to be (laughs) I did okay good (laughs) fuck that that was funny but
1: yeah I only did a few weeks of that it's something I'd like to do again it sounds really wanky but it's actually really funny it's basically you just get to be silly for a couple of hours and as somebody who's very silly I enjoyed that
0: good Um, yeah you're putting me to shame really Uh, because I live metal so it never stops (laughs) in you my do world of
1: stuff. you watch wrestling you play well, I video watch, games uh, yeah, I'm into,
0: yeah I'm into stuff football. like that Like I love video oh, games I finally time. started um, I've, yeah I mean I've got hobbies I, sort of, I follow and used to I need to get back into playing football um, for fun but yeah I follow football currently suffering Manchester United fan um, I don't understand that well because I'm not from Manchester yeah. I've told you before my grandma's from Salford football comes from down my the women in my family so my grandma brought my mum up supporting United and then my mum brought me up to Sporting United. Okay. I mean, I, go, I, I follow uh, Brentford as a more local slash normal football team because my stepdad's into them and I've gone to see them quite a few times. So I kind of keep an eye on that and they're in the championship at the moment, just outside the playoffs, a couple of points away. Um, but yeah, I go up to Old Trafford a few times a year. Um, and yeah, I play a lot of video games. I'm trying to uh, catch up with a lot of the stuff I missed out on PlayStation um, on my PS4. So I finally started... Um, The Last of Us recently, so I'm just getting stuck into that. And then I'm going to get into Alien Isolation, but more so i got Switch um, at the end of last year. So um, I've been smashing through Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 because I'm a massive geek for comic books and the world of comic books. Um, And yeah, I do like wrestling. I go to a lot of wrestling shows. I'm a big fan of Progress in the UK specifically. Um, I follow a bit of WWE, but not quite as much at the moment. I'm quite into what AEW are doing. Shout out Jimmy Havoc, by the way. He wants to come on this podcast. We should get him on. Yay, Jimmy Havoc. Get Jimmy Havoc from AEW Wrestling on this podcast. He has, but in a staged wrestling way. So please don't think he hits, going around hitting L.
1: No, he doesn't. He's a very nice
0: man. No, he's a very (laughs) nice man. Um, (laughs) But he does do the stage slaps really hard and it really hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, we should get him on. Um, But yeah, love a bit of wrestling. Um, I go running quite a bit and I go to the gym a bit. And I suddenly feel like I'm dating, so <laughs> 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 <Like this. laughs> go through You're my quite interests. In depth here, yeah. yeah. Just like those those are my interests anyway. So there you go. <laughs> That's what I like well, to I do.
1: feel like I know you better now, And man. I do
0: like to listen to a lot of non metal as well in my um free time. Uh will quite regularly. Especially when I'm exercising, I like to listen to dance music a lot. So there you go. Hope that answers to, your question. I got
1: to do Sabre Tai Chi to Metallica a couple of weeks ago, and that was really oh good. Oh, man, that's yeah, cool.
0: I loved it. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Well. That is it for this week. <laughs> uh, and for the last regular edition podcast of the year, I think, <laughs> because next year... Uh, next year... Uh, next week it's going to be our end of year special we're recording it tomorrow just before the future Christmas party it's going to be banging
1: (laughs) that's the company that owns us it is yeah
0: our company's having a big old Christmas party tomorrow so we'll be doing that Uh, before that we're going to be recording the Metal Hammer review of the year Uh, it's going to be the last podcast of 2019 so it's going to be a bumper edition and we're going to be running through all the big stuff that happened this year revealing our personal albums of the year um, plus some other special uh, categories we're going to be looking into as well things like most underrated record of the year new band end of the year gig of the year and many others so i'll we'll be going through all of that next year uh next week bloody hell what's wrong with me i've already got my pregnancy. the end of the year is weird i know the confused. end of the year is nigh uh so yeah tune in next week for that but in the meantime have a lovely week and you've only got about what is it 13 shopping days left to christmas or something so get on it lads
1: or 13 chocolates in your advent calendar. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to have an advent calendar. If you are
0: lucky enough to have an advent calendar. And if you're not, I'll send you some of the weird little Funko toys that I've got in mine. So.
1: Oh, that's very sweet.
0: No worries. See you later, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.